Well, hello. It is the Powell Radio Show, Monday, May 20th, 2019. And we shall continue in our study of Ezra, 4th Ezra. A beautiful ancient Jewish book, Jewish writing. Last week we talked about the cosmology of God and the majesty of God that the book revealed. Today we're going to continue on. We'll get as far as we can go and see what we can discover with this. So we have in Ezra, we, we ended with the angel telling Ezra that God had made all the, all the universe, the earth, all these things. And we saw the, the same concepts in Job and in Psalm, the writer of, of a particular Psalm that we, we read. And he said, they were made through me and not through another. Just as the end shall come through me and not through another. And in verse 7, it reads, And I answered and I said, What will be the dividing of the times? Or when will the end of the first age and the beginning of the age that follows? Interesting question. As Ezra's looking at the beginning of time from the creation of time by God, the creation of this enclosed earth, the universe, the, the heavens, and the earth, and everything in it. And he's saying, from that point to the end, where, where are we at? What's the dividing line where we are heading towards the end? And this is interesting, because he, he Ezra asks, or when will be the end of the first age and the beginning of the age that follows. Yeah. When will be the end of the first age and the beginning of the age that follows? And so the angel Uriel in verse eight says to Ezra, from Abraham to Isaac, that's the first age from Abraham to Isaac, because from him were born Jacob and Esau. For Jacob's hand held Esau's heel from the beginning. In verse 9, he says, For Esau is the end of this age, and Jacob is the beginning of the age that follows. For the beginning of a man is his hand, and the end of a man is his heel. Between the heel and the hand, seek for nothing else, Ezra. So, <laughs> according to this, this, this ancient writing, this angel who's a messenger from God is saying that the dividing of the time between the creation of the earth and the second age when things start to uh, slowly grow old like a garment, coming to the end, is Jacob. 
because from him came. I'm so, I mean, I'm sorry. From um, Isaac, because from him came Jacob and Esau, and that like Esau came in the beginning. Jacob's hand held his his heel, and it says, "For Esau is the end of this age, and Jacob is the beginning of the age that follows." So it was symbolic, as we read in the Bible that account. Also, it's symbolic of a dividing. And the angel tells him, you know, for the beginning of a man is his hand and the end of a man is his heel. So between the heel and the hand, seek for nothing else. So I thought that was kind of interesting just to look at some of the heel scriptures that mention heel. And the first time we see heel in the biblical text is Genesis 3.15, where it says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And obviously that is the creator God talking to the serpent creature who had deceived and beguiled the woman. And then the man was brought into that. So that's the first time we see the the word heel there in that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent and the serpent would bruise his heel. Interesting, in light of Ezra, where it says the end of a man is his heel. So like at the end there, at the end of time, that's when you're going to be bruising is what I get out of it. You know, the second age, that's when you're going to be just bruising the heel. <laughs> In Genesis 25, 26, it says, And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was threescore years old when she bare him. Okay? So, right there's the biblical account of Jacob holding on to Esau's heel, Talking about the birth there. As he answered and, and said, O sovereign Lord, if I have found favor in thy sight, show thy servant the end of thy signs, which thou didst show me in part on a previous night. And he answered and said to me, Rise to your feet, and you will hear a full resounding voice. And if the place where you are standing is greatly shaken while the voice is speaking, do not be terrified because the word concerns the end and the foundations of the earth will understand that the speech concerns them. Interesting. So last week we had looked at the word foundations, you know, in the Bible, several places. So let's look at it in context here where it says that the foundations of the earth will understand that the speech concerns them and the end. So this knowledge is going to come to Ezra and the earth might shake is what the, the, the angel's telling them. So in Psalms 102, 25 through 27, the foundations, you have 
Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years have no end. I mean, that is, that's in times prophecy right there in a nutshell. Right there in one little paragraph, it's, it's the whole meat and potatoes right there. That's what's going to happen to the earth. It's going to be changed like a, like a garment, like an old cloak. In Isaiah 48, 12 through 13, it says, Hearken unto me, O Jacob, and Israel, my called. I am he, I am the first, I am also the last. Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. So this is biblical. This is biblical. That while the voice is speaking, the foundations of earth would tremble because the speech concerns them. It's going to be wrapped up like an old garment and taken away. And it continues and it says, they will tremble and be shaken for they know that their end must be changed. Particular scripture that talks about that, talks about the changing of the earth or the destruction of the foundations. Let's go to Second Peter 3.10. And he states, but the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So there you have it. Right there. That this in fact is going to happen. It's going to happen. So, In verse 17, Ezra continues. He says, when I heard this, I rose to my feet and I listened. And behold, a voice was speaking and its sound was like the sound of many waters. Once again, let's look at that. Revelation 115 says, and his feet like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace and his voice is the sound of many waters. It's probably Christ himself revealing this revelation to Israel. And it said, behold, the days are coming and it shall be that when I draw near to visit the inhabitants of the earth and when I require from the doers of iniquity the penalty of their iniquity and when the humiliation of Zion is complete... And when the seal is placed upon the age, which is about to pass away, then I will show these signs. So before we get to that, let's go back, break this down a little bit. 
So I do believe this is Christ talking. This is when I, when I draw near to visit the inhabitants of the earth, Christ is coming back as the king, right? As the lion, the king. And the kingdoms of the earth are going to become his. So it says here that when he comes back, when he draws near to the earth, he's going to require the penalty from those who do iniquity. So when we look at that, um, we got Matthew 13, 41. The son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom. Now they're going to gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity. See, it's it's the opposite of, um, you know, the left behind series rapture, you're gone, and then all the, the people are left here to, you know, worship the Antichrist and all this stuff. This is um, the, the, the evil are gathered out of his kingdom at the last day. Matthew 24, 12, 13 says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, but he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved, Okay you will not be paying the price for iniquity if you endure unto to God. And in 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 says, and, when, and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Ezra says, behold, the days are coming and it shall be that when I draw near to visit the inhabitants of the earth, and when I require from the doers iniquity, the penalty of their iniquity, that's what's going to happen, right? <clears throat> so he's, he's saying that's when this ha- when this happens, there's going to be you get, these signs are going to happen. And he continues, and when the humiliation of Zion is complete, humiliation of Zion is complete. Now, don't think of physical Israel, a nation state in the Middle East that's fighting with the Palestinians. That's not Zion. It's a spiritual Zion. This is where God dwells. Humiliation of Zion is complete. Joel 2, 15, 19 says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breasts. Let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bridal out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and ye shall be satisfied therein, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. That's the end times. You are Israel, and Israel is you. The boundaries are broken. You are of God if you're in God. And when your probationary period is up, when your humiliation here is complete, that will be the end of the time, the end of the age. 
Verse 20. And when the seal is placed upon the age, which is about to pass away, then I will show these signs. In Revelation 8, 1 through 6, we read, And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of a half hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets, and another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came from the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and he filled it with fire from the altar and he cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared to sound. So this is the seventh trumpet. This is the last seal preceding the seven trumpets, the end of all things. And this is what, what Ezra is saying when that seal on that age is finally broken. In Revelation 9, 4, it says, And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. All right? So Ezra says, And when the seal is placed upon the age which is about to pass away, then I will show these particular signs. Particular signs. And these sometimes get um, a little confusing, depending on how you're looking at it. And when I first first started reading this and looking into it, I kind of tried to, to look at modern technology or, or modern uh, way of life to see if these things were, were so. And they are. They are so. But I don't think this magnificent prophecy given to Ezra by our Lord Jesus Christ was about today's technology. I think it was about the end of the age and about when all things uh, come to an end and a new heaven and a new earth are created. So, uh, and you'll understand what I'm saying as I go on. In verse 21, it says, infants a year old, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I, I missed the part here about when the seal is placed upon the ages about to pass away, then I will show you these signs. The first one he mentions is the books shall be opened. The books shall be opened before the firmament and all shall see it together. That's the first, that's the very first sign. When the seal is placed upon the age that's about to pass away, it's about to go away, then these signs are going to be there. The book shall be opened before the firmament. I honestly believe these signs aren't something that, they're not like the fig tree signs where you're looking up going, uh, our redemption's drawing near. This is the end. 
you're no longer looking up going, my redemption's drawing near. Oh, there's divers earthquakes. There's pestilence. There's, you know, right? That, that was, that's Matthew um, 24, Mark 13, Luke 21 stuff. When your redemption's about to come, you're looking up. This is the redemption. I honestly believe that, that these signs are what's happening as the world is passing away and a new world's coming to fruition. And that's why it can get a little confusing because, you know, at least for me, sometimes I'm looking at that signs before stuff, not the signs that are happening right there. But we'll see in our scriptures that these signs are also predicted. So the first one, like I said, is the books shall be opened before the firmament and all shall see it together, the books. And I have here a, uh, a note somewhere. I thought I did. I think I do. Yeah. About the book of life in Revelation 20, 12 through Revelation 21, verse 3. And it says, and I saw the dead, small and great. Now, when is that going to happen? That's going to happen at, at the end. That's when the, when the earth is destroyed with fire. It's it's over. It, here here's all. Here it's the fruition of the age. In Revelation twenty. So this is this is where we're at. These aren't signs that you're here on earth going. Hey, you know, I see the books opened in heaven. This is it's it's already the end. These are the signs. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Just just like Ezra said. 2,400 years before this was written. And the books were opened. And another book was opened. See, they're, they're plural books. And then it says, and another book was opened. There's, 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 there's books, plurality of books. And that book, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, plural, books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead, which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, and I John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them. They shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. So it, that's the end. The, the, the dead are judged out of the books. The names are not in the, in the book of life. They're cast into the fire. That's it. It's the second death. It's, it's over. It's eternal torment and punishment for their iniquity. So, th this is the end. And what's interesting is you do have Ezra. 
saying the book shall be opened before the firmament. That's one of the signs when the seal of the age is about to, to end. Okay? And all shall see it together. That's exactly what Revelation says. All the dead are going to be judged out of these books. All are going to see it together. This is the, the, the big judgment. And then verse 21, it says, um, infants a year old shall speak with their voices and women with child shall give birth to premature, premature children at three and four months and these shall live and dance. And this is one of the ones I looked at and I said, oh, well, maybe that's a, a sign that's happening here in you know, our technology of our day, but that's, that's not it. I think these children, these infants that are a year old, because it's it's the end, and they're they're taken up to the heavenlies because they haven't reached that, that age of accountability where, where they can reject God, and they're and they're they're speaking and dancing. The the the, the women who 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 were pregnant at three or four months, they give birth, but these the the, the, the births that have the children are in heaven. See, there's, there's a demarcation point, just like there's a live resurrection. There's some people, as Paul says, aren't, aren't going to see death because they'll be alive during that, um, when Christ comes back, and they'll be resurrected, and they will, uh, they will change in a twinkling of an eye. And it says, and these, these infants shall live and dance. So let's go back to Revelation 21, three through six, it says, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and they shall be their God and he shall be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. So I can see infants dancing and speaking and, right? There's no more pain. It's all over. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. All right. So in verse 22, it says, sown places shall suddenly appear unsown. Things that, things that like here on earth, I mean, you have, you know, well, the city of Chicago, let's just say it's sown with people in the city. It, now it's going to appear unsown. It's gone. And full storehouses shall suddenly be found empty because of it's it's over. Uh, even when Peter says, everything shall be burned up. Also, hell is a full storehouse, right? It says that the sea and hell, they give up their dead. So hell's empty. In Revelation 20, 14, it says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. They gave up their dead to be judged and now they're empty and now they're destroyed. 
So sown places shall suddenly appear and sown, and full houses shall suddenly appear, found be empty. This is the seal of the end of the age. And the trumpet shall sound aloud, and when all hear it, they shall suddenly be terrified. Revelation 9, 14 through 17 says, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates, the four angels, which were loosed. And they prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000. Thousand. And I heard the number of them and Thus I saw the horses of the vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and of hasinth, brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions and out of their mouths issued fire, smoke, and brimstone. So you have here at least there's many trumpets in the book of Revelation. Like I said, when that last seal's broken, you have seven trumpets. So I just read that particular one to show you that this is all contained in our scripture. And when all hear it, they shall be terrified. And it's probably talking about that very last trump, that very last one. Verse 24, at that time, friends shall make war on friends like enemies. And the earth and those who inhabit it shall be terrified. And the springs of the fountains shall stand still so that for three hours they shall not flow. What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm not real sure. What I have in Revelation 16, four through six says, and the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. So, you know, I'm not real, real sure on that one. You know, but the, the fountains uh, standing still for three hours, it's not flow. I could not find a direct scriptural reference on that one. That's the closest I came to it. And it shall be that whoever remains after all that I have foretold to you shall himself be saved and shall see my salvation and the end of the world. That's the it. That's it. So Revelation twenty two fourteen says, Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. The book of Revelation also talks about overcoming and being overcomers. And in Ezra, verse 26, it continues and says, And they shall see the men who were taken up who from their birth have not tasted death. Uh, and I think it's easy just to think of uh, Enoch or Elijah. Uh, but when there is the live resurrection, as Paul speaks about, and those who are alive and remain 
are caught up. These are people who haven't seen death. Yeah. From their birth, have not tasted death. So 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 54, says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. See, there's your last trump again. The very last trump. That's probably what's referred to up above about uh, everybody on the earth being terrified on this one. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. So if you're in Christ, you're, you're going to be raised, but not in your corruptible body. There's nothing that could be corrupted again. You got a spiritual body, spiritual tent. And we shall be changed. Says what Paul says. The dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this immortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is followed up in victory. It's a, it's a resurrection. So if you're alive when the resurrection happens, you get changed in a twinkling of an eye. You don't taste death. If you're dead, you get changed in a twinkling of an eye, even though you tasted physical death. And the heart of the earth's inhabitants shall be changed and converted to a different spirit. This is the very end when you got a new heaven, a new earth. There's a change. Second Peter 3.13 says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. So according to Peter, there's righteousness that will be dwelling on a new heaven and a new earth. In Ezra... He's told the heart of the earth's inhabitants shall be changed and converted to a different spirit. And evil shall be blotted out and deceit shall be quenched. Faithfulness shall flourish and corruption shall be overcome. Can you imagine how nice that'll be? And the truth, which has so long with, without, has been so long without fruit, shall be revealed. Can you imagine that? What a great place to live. Revelation 21, 6 through 9 says, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now, remember in Ezra where it says um, th there's not going to be any corruption or, you know, uh, bad politics and any of that stuff up there. And in Revelation, it says, it says this. It says, the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers, whoremongers and sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. That's the second death. So they're not going to be allowed in the new earth, the new heaven. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's 
wife. Okay? So let me just read on a little bit more in Ezra and kind of wrap it up. Verse 29 says, While he spoke to me, behold, little by little, the place where I was standing began to rock to and fro. So we're back to where he said, hey, if you feel the earth move, this is why, because it's concerning the destruction of the foundations of the earth. It's over. And he said to me, I have come to you to show you these things this night. Uh, If therefore you will pray again and fast again for seven days, I will again declare to you greater things than these because your voice has surely been heard before the Most High. For the Mighty One has seen your uprightness and has also observed the purity which you have maintained from your youth. Therefore, he sent me to show you all these things and to say to you, believe and do not be afraid. Do not be quick to think vain thoughts concerning the former times, lest you be hasty concerning the last times. I think that's a good lesson there. Don't think you know everything there is to know about what happened in the past or how the earth is created or how things work. Because if you're hasty with that, you're going to be hasty concerning the latter times and, and not get it. Now, after this, I wept again and fasted seven days as before in order to complete the three weeks which I had been told. And on the eighth night, my heart was troubled within me again, and I began to speak in the presence of the Most High. For my spirit was greatly aroused, and my soul was in distress. And I said, O Lord, thou didst speak at the beginning of the creation, and didst say on the first day, Let heaven and earth be made, and thy word accomplished the work. And then the spirit was hovering and darkness and silence embraced everything. The sound of man's voice was not yet there. When thou didst command that a ray of light be brought forth from thy treasure so that thy works might then appear. Again, on the second day, thou didst create the spirit of the firmament and didst command him to divide and separate the waters that one part might move up Word and the other part remain beneath. On the third day, thou didst command the waters to be gathered together in the seventh part of the earth. Six parts thou didst dry up and keep so that some of them might be planted and cultivated and be a service before thee. For thy word went forth, and at once the work was done. For immediately fruit came forth in endless abundance and a varied appeal to the taste and flowers of inimitable color and odors were expressing fragrance. These were made on the third day. On the fourth day, thou didst command the brightness of the sun. You get this? All the flowers, the dry land, the fruit came before the sun because it was already light here. The sun didn't come till after this stuff. So a lot of the stuff we've been taught is nay nay. On the fourth day, thou didst command the brightness of the sun, the light of the moon, and the arrangement of the stars to come into being. So the heavens, the, the stars, the moon, the sun, what we see in that firmament there was not created till the fourth day. We already had the flowers, beautiful smelling flowers, fruit, in abundance, great tasting fruit, dry land before this. And it says, and thou didst command them to serve man who was about to be formed. 
Man hadn't come yet. It was about to be formed. And on the fifth day, that's thou didst command the seventh part where the waters had been gathered together to bring forth living creatures, birds and fishes, and so it was done. It's not evolution, folks. Creator God. The dumb and lifeless water produced living creatures as it was commanded, and therefore the nations might declare thy wondrous works. Do they declare that? No. They say that it was evolution. They say there was a big bang theory. They say uh, the earth is just a, a, a ball spinning around uh, the sun. It's, it's uh, heliocentric. Um, and that we can't get anywhere because they're billions of miles away in light years. It's all lies. So they're, they're not declaring the wondrous works of the creator of God. That's not good. Then thou didst keep in existence two living creatures, the name of one thou didst call Behemoth, and the name of the other Leviathan. You can read about those two guys in, in Job. And thou didst separate one from the other, uh, from the seventh part where the water had been gathered together, could not hold them both. Thou didst give Behemoth one of the parts which had been dried up on the third day to live in it, where there are a thousand mountains. But to Leviathan, thou didst give the seventh part, the watery part, and thou hast kept them to be eaten by whom thou wilt and when thou wilt. On the sixth day, thou didst command the earth to bring forth before thee cattle, beasts, and creeping things. And over these, thou didst place Adam as ruler over all the works which thou hast made. And from him, we have all come. The people whom thou hast chosen. All this I have spoken before thee, O Lord, because thou hast said that it was for us that thou didst create this world. As for the other nations which have descended from Adam, thou hast said that they are nothing and that they are like spittle. And thou hast compared their abundance to a drop from a bucket. And now, O Lord, behold, these nations which are reputed as nothing domineer over us and devour us. But we, thy people, whom thou hast called thy firstborn, only begotten, zealous for thee, and most dear, have been given unto their hands. If the world has indeed been created for us, why do we not possess our world as an inheritance? How long will this be so? That's the end of chapter 6. And then we're going to start chapter 7 uh, next week, Lord willing, and we're going to go from there. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, remember that uh, Matt and Shailene Jacks from the Seed War radio podcast are starting a another venture along with that. On uh, It's a, a barbecue show. It's slow and low uh, cooking barbecue. I, I guess they're going to do a YouTube channel, and they're already doing some uh, Facebook live streams and stuff like that. And anybody interested in barbecue and cooking and eating and whatever, you know, can, can go there and discuss stuff. They have a Facebook uh, group. Uh, anyway, I uh, they asked me to write the theme song for that show, and I did. It's called The Fourth Man Barbecue, and I think all of you will understand that meaning of that name. So I wrote that song. Uh, the song is uh, will go live online on the 27th of May, but it can already be found on iTunes, if you like. It's on iTunes and Apple Music already. And um, so I'll play this for you. Take a listen. If you like it, please purchase it. And uh, 
you know, it kind of, it helps me continue on with this and, you know, pay for the podcasting and all that stuff. Okay, well, God bless you, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Y'all getting hungry. I want some barbecue. Highway 94. Bella's getting angry and starting to roar.